crack open your beers, everybody, or get your other alcoholic beverage of choice. Uh, or if you're driving, don't. Uh, but it is time once again for Unprofessional. I am Lex Friedman. I am joined by the sexiest voice in podcasting, Dave Wiskus. Hi, Dave. Hello. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I had to do something really after you said that. This is our Thanksgiving episode, our special, our very special Thanksgiving episode. Happy Thanksgiving. You you never know who might show up. <laughs> Harvey, the invisible rabbit. Spoiler alert, it's nobody. Every once in a while, uh, life intervenes. You are moving. Yeah. Uh, as this episode is released to the masses, I am in France. Uh, as, so that uh, made it guest logistics a little tricky. That's the France in Europe, right? That, that's the one. You know, this is a very special Thanksgiving. This November 28th, 2013. <laughs> it's, uh, um, I, I feel that way, yeah. It's uh, it's Hanukkah. It's the first night of Hanukkah. I was say, looking forward to, to hearing your thoughts on that. Well, they say it won't happen again for 70-something thousand years, although that's probably bullshit because uh, the Jews will cheat, um, like we always do. <laughs> but no, the, there's, there's some Jewish holidays where the rule is they have to fall in certain seasons. So as the Jewish Hebrew calendar gets more and more out of date, they're just going to have to have some grand meeting where they say, okay, we're rescheduling everything. You know, we're, we're rejiggering the calendar, basically. So it'll probably happen again sooner. But November 28th has one other special thing. Your birthday. It's my birthday. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. So I'm, I'm a little early, but you just gave me thanks for saying happy birthday to you. Thanks, birth giving you, That's what I call it. I don't, I'm not even going to try to guess as to how you would spell that. <laughs> probably with Hebrew letters. Yeah. What's your, your favorite Thanksgiving memory? God. I see. I mostly I spend a lot of time hating Thanksgiving. So let's start there. <laughs> Let me answer that the long way around. But you're a family guy. Like you, you like family stuff. It seems like Thanksgiving would be your jam. Mm, I like my my. I like my kids. <laughs> and I'm assuming your wife. I do. I like my wife. She's all right. Uh, she's not bad. <laughs> so in it, growing up, first it was like. A lot of food I didn't like because I didn't like turkey and I wasn't, you know, at the time willing to eat stuffing or cranberry sauce or anything else. It was a bunch of food I hated. And the rule in my house was you had to join in and you had to be not just joining in, but jovially joining in uh, with the giant and constantly growing songbook that my uh, mom assembled each year. Was Most she writing these songs? Like I didn't even know. No, she would get them. Initially, she it was just like traditional songs. So it was, you're over the river and through the woods or okay. other such jingles and then you know in the 90s she would get them from various news groups um, <laughs> and it would be some of them would have jewish themes they're mostly parodies um and you'd think that parodies would be my jam but not these parodies and you had to sing them i just I mean, it would be like the long dinner of food i didn't like and then you know 45 minutes or so of song time and i just hated it i want to go back to the food for a second you don't like the food here's what i'll say about thanksgiving food i don't really care about turkey turkey's fine whatever I don't, uh, stuffing's okay. You could, if, if all I got to eat on Thanksgiving was a giant mixing bowl full of all of the mashed potatoes, I would be thrilled. Yeah, I mean, I've since grown to like a lot of the food. Like, especially my mom would do um, like sweet potatoes, usually with something unhealthy mixed in. Like, I don't know if it was butter or cinnamon or both or something, or maybe marshmallow fluff, something like that. Oh, yeah, people do that. That's so gross. You take something gross and you make it even more gross by adding more shit to it. Love that. <laughs> it's, it's, ah. it's, but so I would say to answer your question now, the 
the thing that uh, my favorite Thanksgiving memory that immediately comes to mind, I don't know if this is the, the best answer, but it's the immediate answer is one year. My mom was like, you know what? I could also make a duck if you want, since you hate Turkey so much. And I was like, yes. Cause I'm a big duck fan. You know, you didn't want like the turducken. No, she was never going to do that. But really most other birds, like if she had ostrich, I'd be fine with that. But just the <laughs> Turkey, I just didn't want quail. When she, when she introduced the duck into the business, I was, that sounded much creepier than I meant. When she introduced <laughs> the duck into the Thanksgiving table, that was a win. Then it got hot. <laughs> I'm all about the mashed potatoes. Seriously, I could give a shit about everything else. The thing that bothers me is that everybody where I am, all our friends, everybody's got family Thanksgiving commitments. And I want to have a friend's Thanksgiving. Not that I don't like Lauren's family who's right here and we usually spend the holiday with. Although I'm missing it this year. Um, you got a good excuse. But You're busy I mean, doing just, this show. Right. I just, I don't know. I I want to do a friend's Thanksgiving. I would do it in an instant if friends said yes. But they're like, well, we got to go to her in-laws or my parents or whatever. Or I guess her parents or my parents. And yeah. it's annoying. So I'm, I'm doing a weird thing this year. Normally I'll do a friend's Thanksgiving or I'll have people over because I don't have, I don't know. I'm not that close with my family. So I'll do stuff with my mom, but not like the larger family. This year... I don't really have plans. I'm not really doing anything. Does it make you feel sad or are you just like, whatever, doesn't matter. It's a bogus holiday. It makes me a little sad that I don't care. Like, I feel like I should care. The trouble is I'm in the middle of moving. And as, as, a, as we're recording, I'm looking around my apartment and it's nothing but boxes. In fact, I'm sitting on a box with my laptop and a microphone on other boxes. That's how I'm recording this right now. It's like hobo style. Have you sold your desk already? Is that what happened? Uh, no, but I sold my desk chair. Mm. And my desk doesn't stand high enough to be a standing desk. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So I got I got issues. But I'm in the middle of this move, and uh, I'm probably going to get in a, a truck and start driving my crap across the country on Friday. So I don't know. I'm just not really in – I'm not in the zone of giving a shit about Thanksgiving. <laughs> you can't even give one thank. Right. Um, so are you – you're driving the truck yourself? Like is, is it U-Haul? I think I'm going to go budget because U-Haul was like a grand and budget was 550. I see I've never well I can't say I've never driven one of those trucks because I did drive one of those trucks within Los Angeles for an inter Los Angeles move. Uh not my own but a friend's. But I I you're driving a great distance. I couldn't do it. I would rather pay somebody else who's used to driving those big things than drive one myself. Well, it didn't occur to me that I could do that until too late. Mm. And now there's not enough time. I've talked to a couple of those companies, but one, they cost a fortune. It's like three grand for, for them to move your stuff across the country. Two, they all get terrible reviews. Yes. Every single one of them. Nobody gets good. No moving company gets good reviews for cross country right. moving. All moving uh, companies are terrible. I agree. I'm I'm sure that somebody on Twitter is going to like point out the one, but it's going to be after this airs, which it won't help. So uh, <laughs> if, if you've got one, uh, thanks, but it's not going to help uh, and the third thing is that it's just, it takes so long. It'll be like two weeks before they get my stuff to me. So I'm going to get to New York and I'm going to sit there in my empty apartment for two weeks. That doesn't work for me. Steve so Jobs style. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to get in a truck and I'm going to drive and uh, the weather report for this weekend looks good. <laughs> so here's, here's hoping. I, um, one thing I learned because I, I had booked this company, and I'll say their name because I hate them so much. I think it was like the National Moving Company was their name. I'm sure they've changed it 18 times since then. But this was out of college, moving from the East Coast to the West Coast. Did you stay and, at Best Western? 
<laughs> we did. <laughs> um, but so after I had booked them, I looked up their reviews and it was awful. Just and like they would mention people by name, and it was all the people I had been speaking to on the phone. Like, uh. This person lied, and this person was awful, and this person after the truck was like, he was like, oh, you have to pay an extra five thousand dollars to get out. Like it was just horrible things, and so. I backed out. They're like, you signed a contract. And I said, that's true, but I didn't give you any money and I'm not going to. And <laughs> Good they luck. didn't do anything. Oh, so then I did all this research on how to move and not get screwed. And the thing I learned, what I want to share with the listeners, it's too late for you since you're driving yourself, but you have to get a binding not to exceed rate. So, you know, they want to either measure your stuff by time, which you don't really want, or by volume, which is better. Because if you if you pay your moving company by time, of course, they're going to take as long as they fucking can. Uh, they have no incentive to move faster. But if you pay by weight, they just want to get it – or by volume, they want to get it done as quickly as possible. Well, I so talked I to had, a company today. Yeah. And they the guy seemed really nice. And uh, I went to their website and it looked professional. And he sounded cool. And he, he had me give me a list of uh, all the stuff that I had. Not like everything, but like right. how many boxes and furniture and that kind of thing. Yeah. And he gave he gave me a binding not to exceed. And it was like fifteen hundred bucks. And I'm like, this sounds great. Fucking yeah, sign me up. I'm in. This is gonna be awesome. And he's like, Yeah, and we can have it there by the second or third. I'm like, that's great. That's exactly what I would need it to be there. And then I just did a quick search. Well, he he had me on hold so he could talk to his boss about something and, and while I was on hold, I just looked up the their company on Yelp. One star. Oh, yeah, and so I did a little bit more research, and there's like some ripoff website had like a huge red flag for them that like everybody who uses them has their shit stolen and water damage, and it's just wow. awful. Did you tell them, or did you just hang up? I just hung up. The um, I don't so think yeah. that telling him is going to help anything. Yeah, no, I agree. But when you do the binding not to exceed, then it's like they're basically they take on some of the risk. They give you what they think the weight is going to be or the volume is going to be, and they say, okay, here's your price, and if it actually weighs less, um then you pay less. And if it actually weighs more, then that's our problem and you just have to pay the maximum price. Right. And I even had a moving company where they took someone else's weight estimate um, because I'd already had other people come out in LA. Well, this is going to be moving back, I guess. And so <laughs> he took somebody else's uh, and then when he came out, I was like, wow, those people dramatically underestimated your weight and this is going to cost me money. So good job. And I will never use those people's estimates again. I was like, well... Thank you. Well, yeah. Not my problem. Your problem. I feel for you. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. Now, the, the thing about doing a cross-country move, I've done L.A. to Denver and back a few times when I was a kid, but yeah. I've never done a move like this on my own. And there is a lot more emotional gravity to this than I would have guessed. I mean, mm. I've lived here for almost five years. and. Yeah. It's, you know, packing up everything I own and moving across the country. It's, I'm excited, but people keep asking if I'm excited for the move. And the answer is no, I'm very much not excited for the move. I'm very excited to have the move over with and be in New York. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited about that. But the moving process itself, and of course I'm not excited. Of course I'm not excited about that. Moving is the worst. It's just, I mean, like you said, it's emotionally draining. It's also physically draining. And my strategy each time has been to start packing as early as possible. Um, so like I, I started the box packing process when we moved from, even when we moved from one house in New Jersey to another house, one town over in New Jersey, I started the process probably 45 days before the move. Jesus. Um, so that I could only do like one box a day. <laughs> Although we ended up with something like 143 boxes. So it was more than that. But what? It's a big How house. do you have that much? I have like seriously 30 boxes. Okay. Total. But, so multiply yourself by five people. 
Stop having kids, Lex. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good advice. Wait, how uh, were your were your kids in those boxes? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Well, no. What happened is Lauren and I were in one of the boxes, and then we ended up with two more kids. Oh, sex joke. <laughs> <laughs> Way to call yourself out. Hey, on that note, uh, you know what we should do? I do know what we should do because we got we're we got three of these today. We're packing them in today, and it's basically because we we wanted to do a favor for one of these sponsors. The first sponsor, in fact, we just said, you know what, we normally cap it at two, but today it's going to be three. Well, I'm I'm particularly excited about. Is this one we're doing? Yeah, I'm particularly excited about this one because it's it's a, a company that I just before we started the show, Lex told me who the sponsors were, and I got I got really excited about i want to say i'm particularly excited about all three sponsors well i'm 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 always excited about all three but this is this one like oh my god this is funny because i've got a great story about this it's probably it's probably a terrible story who is it cards against humanity oh my god fucking ah how great is that (laughs) yeah that great it's it's that so i'm gonna i'm gonna read some of the stuff from their thing here and then, then I'm going to tell you what I actually think about it. They so said cards to fill up an entire expansion box, but go ahead. They, they really did. <laughs> lots and lots of bullet points. So Cards Against Humanity, if you don't know, it's a party game for horrible people. Shit. Can I, can I say it's apples to apples? Yeah, why not? Dirty. What do they care? So Cards Against Humanity, it's a party game for horrible people. If you've ever played apples to apples, it's like that, except... Enjoyable to play. Boom! <laughs> Ooh! Uh, it's also just, you, you would not ever want to play this game with your mom. No, you would not. Funny story. Uh, I got this as a gift last year uh, for Christmas from my mom. <laughs> and uh, she really wanted to play uh, the, the game. And uh, so New Year's Eve, uh, I had some people over. My, my mom was there and she wanted to play. And <laughs> it, was, it was every bit as awkward as you would imagine it to be. It's, it's so a the game that has like the, I'm pretty sure like the term cum stain is in the game. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was pretty awful. It was, it was pretty awful. It's an That's incredibly all, easy game, right? That's the thing. It's easy to play. There's, it's, it's not like you have to spend an hour teaching the rules. No, it's one person asks a question. So you get these, there's black cards and there's white cards. And on the black cards, there's a question, sort of. Uh, and it's, or it's a, it's a statement. And it, it's like uh, something, something. And there's a blank. And then other people from their hand of seven white cards, they choose the card that best fills in that blank. And by best... Part of the enjoyment of the game is you're not playing by rules like pick the funniest or pick the dirtiest. You're really playing to the because the person who read the black card is the person who chooses the winner. Right. So you're playing to that person and their sense of humor. Right. Apparently, Jillian Anderson from the X Files. She said that she uh, when she was playing Cards Against Humanity, she laughed so hard she peed herself. And I once played this game and laughed so hard I peed on Jillian Anderson. That's a true story. Wow. You can download the game for free. At cardsagainsthumanity.com, which is amazing. Or you can buy it, you know, already printed out on nice, heavy cardstock. You just go of course to you that want same to do website. That. Right. Of Get course the, you want to do it. Pay for the fucking game. It's worth it. Yeah. Pay, and pay for the game and all of the expansions. The fourth one just came out. The fourth expansion came out. I get the email. And so I was doing, a, on Saturday night, I was doing a, a, like a house cooling party before I leave. And so Friday, I get the email saying that the fourth expansion, I go to Amazon and I, I did overnight delivery so it would be here in time for the party. Humble brag. I know. I also spent, I also shelled out the money for the uh, the bigger blacker box. Do you know about the secret of the bigger blacker box? The secret card. I do know about it, I, but I packed my exacto knife so I haven't been able to get the card out. But apparently yeah. the card says the biggest blackest dick. That's right. 
But uh, they, they say here in the bullet points, they donate 0% of each sale to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So that's nice. It's the thought that counts, right? Right. And they, they have some card samplers. I actually have the Forza Expansion Pack right outside this door, but I'm not going to go get it right now. But. I, I'm looking at the box that contains my bigger blacker box. Nice. But so they sent they send a sample card. A successful job interview begins with a firm handshake and ends with blank. And your options as as listed. I mean, you've you've got a lot more options than this, but some examples are farting and walking away. Mm-hmm. A successful job interview begins with a firm handshake and ends with farting and walking away, or ends with an ether soaked rag, ends with actually getting shot for real, or ends with not having sex. But the point, the point is, it is a, it's a really fun game. Which uh, one of those would you choose as the winner? Uh, ends with, see, I would want it to end with sex. Uh, so I think I would go with the ether soaked rag. I like the idea. <laughs> I like your train of thought there. You'd yeah. want it to end with having sex. So you <laughs> yeah, go with the so ether soaked go. rag. How, I'm just trying to, it's, it means to an end. But so go to cardsagainsthumanity.com. If you see Max Temkin or anybody from the Cards Against Humanity team, tell them Unprofessional sent you. But, and this is, a, I mean, just a side note. We're out of the sponsor right now and just into conversation again, I would say. But the truth is, Max reached out to us and he was like, or he reached out to me and he's like, I want to sponsor a shitload of podcasts. And indeed he is this week. Uh, and he said, listen, it's either going to be promote Cards Against Humanity, but ideally it'll actually be to promote something else. It's going to be to promote this 12 days of holiday bullshit promotion. Oh, I signed up for that too. Right. But so he said, if it doesn't sell out, I think they had either 10,000 or 100,000 spots. I can't remember which it was. I think it was 100,000 spots where they're each day, you you pay them $12 and each day they, uh, for 12 days in the holiday season, they're going to send you some surprise gift. And as I understand it, they're just losing tons of money on the deal because it's going to cost them more than the $12 that people are paying. So they were just, uh, you know, they were, they were lessening how much money they're going to lose, but it's still losing a lot of money. But he's like, if we don't sell out, that's what I want to promote. And if we do sell out, we'll just make it for the game instead. And of course, they sold out in like two or three or four hours, something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I'm so glad I signed up for that, though. Me too. So if you didn't sign up for that, you can't. Uh, But you can console yourself (laughs) by buying the game. It really is a lot of fun. This any any decent party I've been to. Well, not like party party, but like a group of people hanging out and well, I call it a party. Any any decent thing like that I've been to in recent history. Somebody breaks out cards against humanity. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a fun game. It really is. It's very clever. And I really like the rules they've given for themselves in terms of how they pick what is and isn't funny and what, what works on a card and what doesn't. Like, they're good. They're good. Did you see there's... Um, we're, we're, I guess we're out of the read here, but there's, uh, there's somebody made an app called App Against Humanity. I did not see that. And it is, it is it says inspired by Cards Against Humanity. And it's free, but I give it a week before that thing's off the store. Mm-hmm. So don't buy that because they're ripping don't. off. Well, I mean, it's 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 free. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. it makes me feel gross that somebody would do that. Yeah. Speaking of thing gross, is, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Because you you can download the game for free. Why not just go to the Cards Against Humanity people and say, "Hey, I'd like to make an app for Cards Against Humanity." Right. Right. If you, you're, if you're gonna do it, you, I'm sure that you could find a way to do it officially. Right. They'd probably. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't want to speak for them, but if. If I went to them and said, hey, I'd like to make a Cards Against Humanity app, I bet they'd say, great, let's talk. Right. I'm not going to just go behind their backs and make a thing and pretend. And they even like the the icon is app against humanity and like the, the Helvetica white on black. It's a, the whole thing grosses me out. Yeah. 
Well, I was so gonna, speaking of I was going to use right. I was going to use my gross segue just because, as you as you know, Dave, and maybe as some listeners know, I like to have a beer or two. Well, specifically two as we record the show. Sure. But today I only brought in one beer, a pumpkin ale. Yeah. And so now I'm just I'm thinking, what other liquid can I get that I don't have to walk for? And there's like this giant case of low sodium V8 at my feet. But I just feel yeah. like. I feel like the V8 slash beer burp that will be inevitable to follow <laughs> would be horrible. So I can't decide if I'm going to do it or not. Yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> you, I'll wait if you want to go get a beer. No, because I'd have to go to the outside fridge, which means I'd have to put on shoes. Well, now I kind of want a beer, so I might get up and go get a beer. That's fine. I just shook my V8, so it's ready. I normally wouldn't have beer, but I, I just had the party. I had the party because I wanted people to come over and drink my liquor so I didn't have to haul a bunch of liquor to New York. Right. Fucking all these assholes come over, and now I have more liquor. Yeah, they brought more booze for you. They they brought booze with them. I've got more bottles of stuff. Well, I guess I'm down a couple of bottles, but I have a fridge full of beer now. So I've, I, you know. Did you invent the term house cooling? Because I thought that was pretty funny. But then I was like, maybe that's a thing that people actually do when Dave didn't invent it. Um, no, I'd, I would love to, I'd love to take credit. And I wish I could remember who it was. Maybe it was Christina Warren or somebody was telling me that they had gone to their friend's house cooling party. And I'm like, that's brilliant. I have to do that. So it was a, yeah, somebody else's idea. I stole it. Got it. I'm okay with I, that. I stole the idea just like those fuckers did for the app yeah. against humanity. Well, when you start to type in house cooling party, it absolutely gets found. There's a million results for it, and there's a Wiktionary enter, entry for it. So. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't take credit if I If it's in the Wiktionary, you know it's legit. Yeah. So, so moving, moving sucks. Moving though, it's a, it's a big life change and you are excited. You're already in a city and now you're moving to a very big city. You've never a, lived a in real city. Before. Right. You've never, no, lived. never, never lived in New York. I've always wanted to ever since I was a kid. I don't know why. Maybe it was like Ninja Turtles or, or some, maybe, maybe I just watch how too much, how I met your mother. I don't know. But <laughs> a Ninja Turtles actually, I think is way closer to a depiction, an accurate depiction of New York city than how I met your mother, which is set in Setsville, America. I don't know. My experience in New York thus far, the uh, month or so that I'd spent out there over the last two months, was, I don't know, pretty close to the How I Met Your Mother. Like, weirdly clean streets and weirdly friendly people that you you think are just from the world of TV. It turns out that's actually kind of what New York is like for me. I always view going into the city as a chore, and I've been trying to think about why it is that I don't love it. Well, now you will. Yeah. I will love it or I will continue to find it a chore. You'll love it. I'll be there. Right. You'll be a chance to see me. I um, And I think it's part of it's just the travel time. Like, especially the more you work from home, the less willing you are to have any kind of commute. So now I have That's meetings true. in the city sometimes. And if I have meetings in Manhattan, I schedule it so that they're all on the same day of the week. And like they have to be between 1030 and 330 so that when I'm using the bus, which is going to be an hour each way for me, I'm going to avoid any chance of being involved with rush hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, then I have to take the bus. And if there are you know, if there's an accident on the turnpike or whatever, it's horrible. And um, for the people involved, I mean, not just because I have to wait for a delay. No, I just mean that. Um, but it's <laughs> but then so like sensitive. I mean, I, I hate navigating the subway because unless somebody has told me exactly which ones to do, I get panicked and don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's, I think there's software that solves this the, problem. I know. I think it just boils down to the directions. I'm just nervous. Like, what if I'm supposed to? Like, because sometimes I use the Google Maps thing, and it doesn't tell me if I'm supposed to go uptown or downtown. You're supposed to just be able to look at it and know which you're going. But I don't know which is up and which is down. Is it north and like is it up like towards the top of my screen yeah. at the bottom? Yeah. Because I get worried. I get nervous. The answer is yeah. All right. Well, so now it's it's a little easier now, knowing that the answer is yeah. 
You'll be okay. <laughs> New York isn't as scary as people think it is. Are you going to take in a lot of Broadway shows, do you think? I definitely want to see Book of Mormon. I think that's like one of my first two weeks objectives is to go see Book of Mormon. And you know, you probably could because most of the time if you buy tickets, you're still buying them like six months out at least. But you can probably, since you don't have a a specific day job office to get into. Oh no, I can do a matinee whenever I want. Right. You can stand in the line for the last second tickets. I don't even have to do that. Uh, Last time I was there, I I took a look at it. And it's, if you do the like 5 p.m. show any given day, there's plenty of tickets available. Wow. That's great. Yeah. But I mean, it's been it's been running long enough that you can get tickets now. It's my favorite show of any type, any concert, any live performance. It's my favorite live performance that I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. And I mean, I saw it with the original cast, so maybe I wouldn't say that if I saw it today, but it was amazing. Like, sometimes you see comedy. Well, I'll speak for me. Sometimes I see comedy of some form, and I think, man, I wish... I were talented or funny enough to come up with any of these jokes. Like a lot of times I'm watching a sitcom. I know what the punchline is going to be before it happens. If you're reading a funny book, yeah, I, I can still enjoy it even if, but I'm like, I'm like, yes, I understand how you're doing this. I get the structure of this joke. But the Book of Mormon just kept surprising me again and again in how it was choosing to be funny. And uh, I loved it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. This episode was also brought to you by the Book of Mormon. <laughs> No, I, I I have my my short list of things that I want to do as soon as I get there. My New York experiences. So I did most of the touristy stuff while I was a tourist, and now yeah. there's the things I didn't want to do. You can't do it now that you live there. It wouldn't be allowed. You cannot go to the Statue of Liberty now. You live there. No, I can't. I just have to wait for my mom to visit. Right. That's the only other way. Yeah. Then then it's fine. Did you take but, your picture with any weird characters in in uh, Times Square yet? No, no. But those those people gross me out. So oh, I probably. God. The costumes look like they have 17 flavors of AIDS on them. Like, it's disgusting. Hepatitis A through R. <laughs> An alphabet's worth of hepatitis. <laughs> yeah, they're just gross. I, I, I couldn't, nah. I don't want to go close enough to them. And have you ever seen them, like, take the helmet off or the, you know, whatever? Yeah. Like, Elmo take the Elmo head off? Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know, they just look gross. It's like, yeah. disgusting people under there. Yeah. Yeah, and they're very pushy with wanting money if you take a picture with them, which I understand it's their business, but it's a terrible business. They should try, I don't know, podcast ads or something real. Do the um, yeah? Do the do the Elmo people get money for that? Oh yeah. Oh, the like the Sesame Street people. Yeah. No, no. These, these are deal? knockoff com, com costumes. I couldn't come up with the word costumes just now. That was good. Knockoff the, costumes. Well, you think that uh, Sesame Street company or whatever the fuck Jim Henson's people would would get on them children's workshop I think yes there you go I don't know I don't know I don't know why they definitely don't get involved and I think it's because they don't even they don't even want to acknowledge its existence that seems weird to me I just thought of a I mean this is totally unrelated but I just thought of a, a a connection I have to you sort of now oh which you know we're about to uh get on the plane to France and Lauren and I each saw the same uh, family doctor on Friday. Uh, well, let me try that again. We each saw the same family doctor a couple days ago. And we each told him separately, um, not without having colluded ahead of time, that we're anxious flyers. And I wouldn't say that I was always an anxious flyer, but I am recently an anxious flyer. And Lauren definitely made me worse. And being on a plane with her is worse still because she's grabbing my hand so tight that she's making me aware of turbulence I wouldn't have even noticed otherwise. And uh, so now I have happy pills to take for the plane. So I'm excited. How, how's that a connection to me? Well, because you are an anxious flyer. 
Oh, uh, because the flying thing. Right. I, well, I'm not an anxious flyer. I just don't fly well when I'm anxious. I understood. Well, so this is meant to prevent you from being anxious. It's like to make the anxiety impossible. It's Ativan and uh, is the prescription. And uh, he said, it's kind of like taking two glasses of wine. So I said, oh, well, so then I take two, right? Uh, and he thought that was funny. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> I See, for me, so much of my anxiety comes from not being in control. And I, because I'm such a control freak, I can't take drugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they gave me a prescription for Xanax. I could go get it filled, I guess, even now if I wanted to. But I've, I never have. For years, I've just not gotten this filled because I know that if like the moment I take a Xanax, then the drug is in control. The drug is doing something, not me. And that bothers me more than just having the problem. What I liked about his description of Ativan was, it's like, you know, it's not like you won't be aware of turbulence or anything else like that. It's just that you're not going to give a shit. It's going to be, it's, you know, that's, that was his analysis of the couple glasses of wine. It's like, you're just going to be happy. You're like, eh, whatever. It's fine. Well, it's kind of like smoking pot then. I will have to take your word for it. <laughs> when you, when you smoke pot, I'll speak for me here, but, like if you're if you're in pain, like if you've you know, sprained a shoulder or something, and you smoke a joint, it's not that the pain goes away. If you've had a shitty day, it's not that your day gets any less shitty. You just don't care about it. <laughs> I understand. And that's kind of magical. The um, and the best part was he gave his homework. He's like, you should also take it before you fly, uh, so you can see how it reacts. And he thought that maybe Lauren should take a half a pill. So last night was our. Let's see how Ativan affects this night. And um, now we have six kids. No, sex joke. No, <laughs> didn't. No. But um, w- Lauren tried with a half but found she needed one. And I did the one. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed the Ativan experience. I like to read. Whenever I'm, I take a drug for the first time, after I take it is when I read about all the side effects and risks and whatever. And it has a lot of – there's a lot of risk of becoming addicted. Um, oh, that's good. Or abusing it. But uh, the prescription was for 10, so I've only got nine left. So I think I'll be safe. Only. Where are you flying to? We're flying, flying from Newark to Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. Direct. What is that, like a six hour, seven hour? Seven hours there, nine hours back. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and I have done Australia. Anything is easy after Australia. Right. Because that, I mean, that's what, 18 hours to Australia? I think we did, I mean, for me, it was five hours to Los Angeles, and then I think it's 17 from L.A. to, to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, I was just counting the, the one flight. Right. Not not the whole travel, because the whole travel experience is like 24 straight hours. Right. And of it's just awesome. awful. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's the, it's the worst thing. I mean, the better the plane, the better it is. Like, the fact that you could watch any movie you wanted on the, the Qantas flight to Australia certainly made that flight you know, dramatically better than it could have been. Like if you're on a shitty plane with no inset, you know, entertainment, sure. You could have your iPad loaded up with movies or whatever, but it's even, it's not going to last 17 hours. No. So I don't know. Uh, but this flight on the way there, my plan is to try to fall asleep because we leave at five fifty-five PM and, uh, we land and it's seven something in the morning in Paris. And it's one of our two and a half days in Paris and we want it to be an actual day. So my plan is however jet lagged I am, it's tough because we're, <laughs> we've got a day we're doing shit all over Paris that day. Well, you need to do it that way. Yeah. When you get there, you need to stay awake until it's time to fall asleep local time. Right. Otherwise you're just going to fuck yourself. <laughs> And I, when you and I went to Dublin, I remember that the hotel room wasn't ready and I was just- And you fucked so yourself. Good. I did. I just fucked myself. 
That was right that, that was the time, that was the time Lex fucked himself in the lobby of the hotel in Dublin. I mean, hey, a uh, lot of you, photos. <laughs> speaking of Lex fucking himself, uh, you know what we should do now? Mm. <laughs> I can t- totally tell you were taking a drink right there. I yeah, I was. What, sh- what <laughs> should we do now? Should we acknowledge our next fine fine sponsor? Uh, two of three, yes. I don't I don't know what's coming. So uh, all right, well, hit two me. two repeats coming, which I love because they. Well, I mean, I didn't know which one was right. was going to be. They've done so well before that they're back again. Let's do rare wire. Rare, you know what? I'm actually going to change. Let's do fracture. That'll be another fracture. Episode. Let's do fracture. Yeah, because we just talked about a picture of me, you know, fucking myself, and fracture's all about <laughs> photos. Uh, so uh, you probably remember fracture. <laughs> worst fucking segue. Hey, did you did you ever get your fracture photos? By the way, I did. I did. I got the the one of John uh, Gruber and Amy and uh, Dan, Dan Benjamin, Benjamin, John Syracuse, and it was the best part of it. It's it's just it's not the fracture people's fault. It's just a terrible picture. Oh yeah, it's a terrible photo. Like it's, it's blurry it <laughs> and it's like the fact that they even took you seriously enough to commit this to glass is the funniest thing. So let me tell you about Fracture. <laughs> Nothing about it makes any fucking sense. People, <laughs> the photo, not Fracture. Fracture makes sense, but that Yeah, that, but that picture, that picture was just a series of bad decisions. People take hundreds of digital photos, but most of them just end up trapped on your phone or computer. Fracture, however, makes it easy to preserve your memories on your wall. And I'm not talking about Facebook, motherfuckers. I'm talking about your real life wall. A Fracture is a picture printed directly <laughs> on glass. It's picture, frame, and mount all in one. Everything you need to get your photo on your wall comes in the box. You go to their website, you upload your own photo, you tell them what size you want, and they mail it to you printed on glass. It is awesome. We have one of the kids that I got. They also sent me just like a a little artwork sampler thing, and they're very cool. You look at them and you can't imagine what the printing process is actually like, and they, they just look cool. Uh, and they're affordable. They, oh, go ahead. They come. They come in this like cardboard thing, and it's, with instructions on how to open the cardboard thing. I didn't read the instructions. I'm just looking at this like this is kind of an ugly frame. Like it's such a beautiful picture. Why would they put it in such an ugly frame? And it took me a minute, and I realized that uh, you, you take it out of the thing. And right. It's it's not in the frame. There is no frame, and that's kind of the kind of the beauty of it. Right. So I got the the one the the, the picture the aforementioned picture that you had told them to include for me. But the yes. one that I had requested intentionally was a picture of my dog, which I gave to my mom and she loved it. I can imagine. Like I I was going to get one of these. In fact, I gave the the picture of my kids to to Lauren. It was going to be a Hanukkah present, but then when Fracture just sent it to me, I was like, "Well, I can buy you another Hanukkah present now." Uh, but they are really you, <laughs> you didn't cheap out and just give her that and not tell no. her it was a sponsor? No, I can't, I couldn't. But their prices start at just $12 for a small size, and they have sizes to fit every wall. Every fracture comes with a happiness guarantee and a lifetime warranty. I think we mentioned last time, the first one they sent me, just through FedEx Mishap, ended up truly fractured. No, I, I, I want to point out, mine came through perfectly fine. And my replacement did too, but they said, hey, this rarely happens, but when it does, we just overnight you or, you know, immediately ship you a replacement, which they did. Uh, It has the lifetime warranty. So you upload your own picture at FractureMe.com. If you use unprofessional as a coupon code at checkout, again, unprofessional. Why wouldn't you? You'll get 15% off your first purchase at FractureMe.com. And how much are these things? You can get them as low as $12. So, I mean, I don't Jesus. do math in my head, but if you take, if you get the small size and you take 12, you take, uh, use the uh, 15% off unprofessional code, now you're paying $10.20. At that price, at $10.20, if you don't buy one, 12, one small size fracture, 
you're kind of a jerk. I'm just saying. Like, I don't mean to besmirch your good character, dear listener, what, but come on. What's their biggest size? Oh, of print, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, stall, stall, stall. Sizes and prices. So you can do the small, which is that $15 price. You can go all the way up to extra large, which is tw- uh, 21.6 inches wide and just about 29 inches tall. That's $125. Wow. That's wow. huge. That's for, that's poster size. For 75 bucks, you get uh, 15.6 inches by 20.8, 20.8 inches. For 50 bucks, you get the 10.8 by 14.4. And the medium is 7.2 by 9.6. But again, you can take 15% off any of those prices. And that's you're talking real money. That's that's great. Because Well, with sizes that large, you could get a, a, a two-scale, one-to-one life-size picture of your penis. <laughs> of my penis. Right. <laughs> Listen, if any of our listeners want one, use coupon code unprofessional-lexispenis. Uh, <laughs> it, it won't work. It won't work. I'm uh, leaving all of this in. <laughs> use no, unprofessional, not, though, no, and you'll get 15%. It's good. But my our thanks to Fracture for sponsoring. It really, you know, I first learned about it. This is totally true and not sucking up. I learned about Fracture from an episode of the talk show. Uh, and it really is great. You heard John talk about it. You're like, wow, that sounds cool. And then it really is cool. So go to FractureMe.com. Use Unprofessional. Say 15%. You'll be glad you did. One of my favorite things about doing these sponsor reads is sometimes they send us stuff. Yeah. And I love when they send us stuff. Not because I like free stuff. I mean, I like free stuff too. But oh, I, I was going to say like that's it. your Jewishness. Go ahead. <laughs> you're rubbing off on me. There's, uh, But it's also the being able to say empirically what I think of a product. And right. not not just the saying the nice bullet points thing because I mean that that's cool too and I'm happy to do that but when I've got when I've got experience with the product that's a, that's just so much better yeah. I can say I can I can recommend fracture absolutely yeah I'm with I you. feel good about that it does make a fine Christmas or Hanukkah present I'm kind of guessing on the Christmas thing because I'm not I can't speak from firsthand Christmas experience but I'm pretty sure. You know what I want now is uh, a fracture print of a Cards Against Humanity card pairing. <laughs> I It could be done. That could be done. I might have to do that. You know, later on, I'll tell you how you could build an app that would let you do just that. <laughs> <laughs> and not give any credit to the original creators. Or... That's right. Yeah. What were we talking about before? A lot of stuff. Most recently, I think we were talking about New York City. New York and the and we were talking about things because this is our Thanksgiving special, right? Um, I'm I'm interested to see what holidays are like in New York because I'll be there right after Thanksgiving, so I'll miss Thanksgiving in New York, but I'll be there for Christmas. I'll get like my first real holiday in New York will be Christmas in New York, but I'm going to be away from most of my friends and the the city that I've known for my entire adult life, and I'll be away from you know my mom and my dog, and it's going to be the dog's very, not making the move. No, she's making the move just not right away because I'm oh. I'm going I'm going to New York and I don't want to take her on the road trip. Gotcha. And I'm going over to Europe in uh, early January, so I'd have to like what am I going to do with the dog while I'm in Europe? So there's this whole weird thing. So I think I'm just going to leave the dog with my mom until I'm back from Europe, and then I'll fly to Denver and pick the dog up. Oh, I don't know. I've made any decisions about that, but uh, dog may or may not be there for Christmas. Gotcha. But like the the idea of being in another city for a major holiday like that just sort of like hits home 
how much of a change this is going to be for me. And that's, you know, the only way that I, I mean, you're a big guy, a big boy. I don't worry about you. But the thing that I do worry about is it seems like you, you have a nice relationship with your mom and you see her a lot. And so I'm wondering what that's going to be like when you live far away. Probably better. Yeah, I, could, I mean, for me, <laughs> the best thing that ever happened in my relationship with my parents was them moving to Tucson and me being in New Jersey. So I no, it'll be she. Uh, she wants to move to to Philly because her best friend lives in Philly, and she figured that well, if I'm not in Colorado, there's not much point in sticking around here. So she'd move to Philly. So she'll be East Coast and like an hour and a half away by train. So right. Like once she gets moved, it'll be easier. If yeah, if she's really moving, then yeah, I'm not worried anymore. Philly, New York, it's basically two sides of the same coin. <laughs> I don't know. I, for me, <laughs> oh, no. really, no, you should meet at my house because I'm I'm fairly equidistant to those two places. Is that true? Yeah, it's about an hour to Philly. It's about an hour to Manhattan. Huh. But no, it's not true that you should meet your mom at my house. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but I, I'm just going to show up if that's cool. It's fine. Show up at your place. It's fine. I should stop by there on my road trip into Manhattan. You're welcome here anytime. Well, yeah? if we're here. <laughs> oh, but you won't be. When are you back? the second week of December. Oh yeah. It won't work out. And people are like, so what are you doing? And I've mentioned it on this show before, I think, but I'm going to uh, speak on a cruise. Uh, it's a Mac. So you're, you're going to give a talk about cruises. I'm yeah, almost. I'm giving four one hour talks about Apple stuff. So two talks on iOS stuff and two talks on Mac stuff uh, to older people. I think who, Want to A, go on a riverboat cruise in France, and B, learn more about their Apple stuff. Uh, what a weird fucking thing, man. And this is their 16th. They've already booked the 17th and 18th cruises. My parents really? actually went on one about five, seven years ago. They met Chris Breen before I ever did because he was a speaker on one of those cruises. They went on a on a talk to people and learn about cruise. your Mac. Yeah, because they're nerds. It's, it's a thing that wealthy, tech-savvy people do. That is so weird. You'd think that you'd want to go do something fun. <laughs> no, it's these are a lot of fun. We endorse Mac Mania here. At least I do. I'm, um, well, I'm I'm sure it's amazing. I'm, I'll, I'd be more amazing if they'd invited me to speak. Right. But it's. So, I, I mean, mean, actually, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's you know the talks don't take up a whole lot of time, and it's you know you already have the money to go on the cruise, and then you pay a little bit extra. Uh, it's like close to two grand extra, I think, to attend these series of lectures. And there's, you know, other Apple people. And they also do, the the company that does it does several different lines of lectures on each ship. So there's this whole science series on this cruise as well. So is this the thing, I've never been on a cruise. Is the deal that you 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 pick a theme for the cruise? Like really the theme is the excuse or the justification to go on the cruise? No, this is like totally separate from normal cruising. So And okay. they, they're not even affiliated with the cruise line. They just they work with the cruise line and they say, hey, we're going to do another one of these. And the cruise line says, okay, you can reserve these rooms. Um, you can reserve these rooms to have your talks in or whatever. You just have to book a minimum number of cabins. And, you know, so they work out that deal that way, but it's totally separate. So most people who will be on the cruise won't be attending these, these lectures is my guess. You know what I want to do is I want to do a conference on a plane. <laughs> Um, I, I think that boats are probably my favorite method of travel, even even greater than trains. Could you do that? Could you do a conference on a on a an airplane? You could do a conference on like an Air Force One style plane where there's the right kind of seating and space, but not on a passenger jet. Why not? You can if you can do the the safety the instruction. Yeah, yeah, the the safety 
shit. All right, I'm if convinced. You, you should start. <laughs> Geek flights. Well, what you would do, or in in my imagination, here's what we would do: we'd get, uh, we'd get, we we'd charter a private jet, so not like a passenger jet, like we charter a, a private jet, something decently sized with, with you know comfortable, spacious, uh, uh, plenty of liquor, of course, and so maybe some room to socialize and 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 have food and drink stuff. I mean, you just uh, you get everybody together on the plane and you fly around for let's say six hours. Yep. You, so you meet up in like let's say LA and you fly to New York and on the way there it's sessions like people get up and they give talks with little breaks in between so they can push a, a snack cart through right. and you land and you go out and you do like New York stuff and you have a good time you, you get drunk like you normally would at a conference and the next morning you go back to the airport you get on the plane and you're watching more talks before it lands in LA again the, um, so it has to be a private plane because you couldn't do it on a plane where there are people who wouldn't want to attend Right. You'd have to figure out the turbulence thing. But uh, <laughs> uh, that 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 might make it more fun. Or maybe maybe just hand out Adivan as everybody's boarding. This episode brought to you by Adivan. Yeah. I think it would work. I think you could do this. The only I mean logistically the trouble is getting people to fly to a destination to then get on an airplane. That's a tough sell. Yeah. But it's a private jet so you don't have to do TSA. Right. That's something. Um but you kind of get two destinations for one because part of the fun of going to a conference is that you get to like visit that city. In this case, you'd get to visit L.A. and then you'd get to visit New York and then you'd get to visit L.A. again. And you'd also get to visit the notion of private jets, which are pretty awesome. Right. So you'd only need, I mean, how many people can you fit on a private jet? Depends on how big your private jet is, but it could be a lot. I mean, technically, Air Force One's a private jet. That's a full-size plane. How many people fit on Air Force One? <laughs> 297. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you'd Google that real quick or something. But uh, uh, 50? Could you do 50 people on a private jet? Oh, absolutely. So 50, that's that's like half a singleton. Yeah. You it's get everybody everybody single. to kick in. Yeah, you get everybody to kick in one grand. And you could probably book a, a jet for that, right? Yeah, I think that you could probably book a private jet for 50 grand. At least one right. way. You're on your own flying back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well. Maybe that could be the thing. Like the conference is you fly to one city, but you fly home from a different city just to confuse shit. <laughs> I don't know. I got I got to flesh this idea. out. I'm going to talk to Paul Campbell about it. Yeah, we got to figure that out. If, uh, the if current, anybody would do it, it's him. As of 2009, the current Air Force One could hold 42 passengers and 10 crew members. That's it? Yeah, but that's because they didn't design it for maximum fitting. The mm. Flane's two food preparation galleys can feed 100 people at a time. For whatever that's worth. Why would they feed so many people? Why would they have the ability to feed so much so many people if they only have like 50 people total? That I can't answer. They can feed 200, but they can only seat 50? Oh, no, they can feed 100 people at a time. Combined. The two galleys combined oh, oh. to feed 100 people at a time. I see. I see. But still. 4,000 square feet of floor space on three levels. Several cargo planes typically fly ahead of Air Force One to provide the president with services needed in remote locations because global warming, whatever. Like what, Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, like Wi-Fi. Massage? Shiatsu? Mm, isn't that a dog? Oh, so that's a Shih Tzu. Shih Tzu. We're thinking of getting a dog, by the way. 
Really? We always said that once Liam was potty trained, we'd be open to getting a dog, and he is now potty trained. The dog? Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, I only my thing was I would only clean up one living creature's shit at a time, so now that I don't have to deal with Liam's, <laughs> uh, I'm ready to take on a dog. You know what we should do, by the way? Speaking of- Our last sponsor read? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to say speaking of cleaning up shit, but that's just unnecessarily profane. It's unnecessarily profane and untrue because we love our sponsors here on Unprofessional. And actually, this is this is another repeat sponsor, and they are great. We talked about them last time, or we talked about them recently, let's say. And they are really good, and their landing page, I think, is top-notch landing page for podcast advertising. It's Rarewire. So the URL so you can follow along with me is rarewire.com slash unprofessional. With Rarewire, Dave, as I told you last time, Building completely custom native mobile apps, it's never been easier. Rarewire is a language created for web developers and designers. And it's an XML-based language that looks a whole lot like HTML. If you can read and parse HTML with your brain, you can do Rarewire. I can do that with my brain. So here you go. I'm talking to your brain now, not to you. It's completely cloud-based. There's nothing to install. You can code from anywhere you're online. You create cross-platforms apps. That's almost English. <laughs> and I, this is the VA talking. You can create cross-platform apps, <laughs> iOS or Android. Instant on-device testing. You can immediately see your app on the phone or the tablet. And you've got easy API integration. Facebook, Twitter, Salesforce, Flurry, any REST API, all extremely simple to integrate. And uh, here's what I like uh, as a cheap person. <laughs> You can learn, build, and test for free. They don't require a credit card to get started. Go to rarewire.com slash unprofessional to learn more and to sign up today. And here's why you should do it. Even if you're like, I don't know, I can already build apps on my own. This could be used for rapid prototyping. could be used for clients who you don't want to take on, but you still want to help. You show them this, and maybe they can get their work done that way. But uh, the number one reason to to visit rarewire.com slash unprofessional, they did a really nice job making a page just for you, our listeners. And as I said last time, you scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a special message that uh, attentive listeners of this show can really appreciate. I really like that detail. I like they did that. It makes me feel good. I, yeah, I'm with you. And uh, I mean, it's what they're doing is cool. What they're doing is cool. I will admit that I've not played with it yet because I want to, I really want to. I want to use it for prototyping. It's just with the move right now, I don't, I don't have enough space in my head to fit new things. <laughs> I understand, in, but in my brain, what you can and, and I want to, I want to take uh, full advantage of that, that like no money to get started thing. Exactly. And the nice thing is, uh, you know, that once you do start, you're gonna be like, Oh wow, this is totally easy. I will say I started the process. I haven't actually built an app, but I have seen it really, what they say, what they say in the bullet points is legit. It's the code is very human readable. I do not, I have been a developer. I have done web development and other computer programming for years. I never learned Objective-C. I can look at Objective-C and start to understand what's happening. I can look at Objective-C and start to cry. cry. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I mean, you look at, you look at the, the rare wire code and it's like, wow, I absolutely understand what is happening here. And that's a big deal. I'm I'm excited, yeah. And I I don't mean that like in a uh, patronizing their sponsor way. I like I'm genuinely looking forward to getting my hands dirty with this stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to be a huge help. Yeah, and you're not wrong, buddy. So yeah. our thanks to Rarewire. Go to rarewire.com/slash/unprofessional. It's free. Don't be a jerk. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a jerk. It's my new message. I think. Like I think people get it, especially given you know people who listen a lot and know what I do for a living anyway. But. 
the nice thing about sponsors is that it makes people keep doing podcasts, right? You get paid to do your podcast. It's more easy to devote the time necessary to put together podcasts. You spend a lot of time editing and we've got to find time to schedule to do all the recording sessions and everything. It's, I like encouraging people to visit the sponsors that make the show possible by demeaning those very same people. <laughs> no, I don't actually think that people are jerks if they don't visit Rarewire. Obviously, not every listener needs to be able to rapidly build apps like this. But if you are in that category, you should check it out. You should. And, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. The um, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. But for a future episode, we're we're using we're playing with a thing that yeah, what can I say here? I don't even know what you're getting at. So I don't know. I was thinking I was thinking about DVRs. Mm, yes, I understand now. And I was thinking about the the, the prevalence of skipping commercials mm. and how even a DVR is kind of a turnoff for me because then I have to fast forward through the commercials manually and I'd much rather just get it on iTunes and not have commercials at all. And I was thinking about how if I'm willing to spend money to not have commercials, at what point do we just not have commercials anymore? But the trouble is that there's a, there's still a large percentage of the population that is more than happy to sit through a commercial to get the thing for free or use technology to get the thing for free and skip the commercials anyway, which is about the dickiest thing you can do. Right. I will say, you know, and obviously I'm 100% biased, but what I like about podcast ads, not for every single podcast in the world, but certainly for our show and other shows that I sell ads for is that you you know, we don't say yes to every advertiser. First, we let the host say no. And then we, well, first we say no sometimes. And then we also let the host say no. Like if erectile dysfunction comes and it just doesn't seem like a reasonable, <laughs> so to speak. And we, we had an ED advertiser come to us and we're like, you know what? Really? No. Yeah, we did. We really did. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. How come, how come this never gets run by me? Why don't I ever hear about these? Well, so, cause we have, we have pre podcaster rejection when, when rare, when, uh, when this erectile dysfunction company came and was like, Hey, mid-roll we want to advertise on your podcast we're like "Mm, no no we don't want you to but i don't uh, so my point was going to be i like that we're like we hear you see it all the time not just with our show with other shows too you see people saying oh i you know you got to stop having sponsors marco because it's costing me too much money or you know like oh i'm so glad i learned about this like for me it was fracture was one and you know it's i like that it's i fast forward on the tivo because i don't give a shit about a movie coming out because I'm not going to see the movie theater. I'm going to see it when it comes to Netflix. I've I've genuinely, legitimately purchased things and and obtained goods and services as a result of the sponsors on this show. Yeah, that's the greatest, isn't it? I well, we're getting all meta now. Uh, I I don't know. I I like working with people that I'd want to work with. You know, yeah. like I I like I like being able to talk about a sponsor whose thing I actually care about and and want to use. And this is again why I like when they send us stuff like transporter. They sent us the actual transporter, so it was we got to play with it long before we talked about it. And there's a thing that I think you and I both have now for an upcoming sponsor that we're playing with. That it's it's cool just to have like all this color and context around this thing that we're going to be talking about. It it, it makes the the ad read more legitimate for me. Especially because we do, you know, it's you and me reading the ads. So the fact that it's a host read, uh, it gives it the quality of an endorsement. And so when you can give that quality of an endorsement and actually know what you're talking about and have firsthand experience, it just makes the whole thing feel better. Yeah, I don't want to endorse a piece of shit. Right, right. Also, we we do have one more sponsor. It's a literal piece of shit. Well, I mean, it does what it says on the tin, so it's hard to argue. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) 
Visit shit.com slash unprofessional to learn more. Mm. Now I really want to know what's at shit.com, except I'm also terrified, but I will do the dirty work so no one else has to. Yeah, let it let me know. Yeah. Is it, it, redirects, is it what you expected? No, it just redirects to an extremely graphic porn site. Not graphic like involving feces, but just an extremely graphic porn site. Oh, I was like, not like girls and or a cup? No, none of that. No. Well, then I'm not going. <laughs> well, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know what I'm thankful for. <laughs> I don't like the implication, like not just that I would feel weird doing uh, uh, an ED drug ad, but because what would we even say during that read? Would, would they send us pills to try? I don't, don't even answer that. I don't want to know. Actually do. Would they? It wasn't pills. It was a, a video tour that was going to teach you exercises you could do to achieve, to fix your ED on your own. I wouldn't like doing it because I don't want to imply or suggest that our listeners have problems getting boners. Right. I'm pretty sure that, you know, I've, we have no, we have no studies or demographics or anything to back this up, but I'm pretty sure that male listeners of unprofessional have no problems with their boners. Right. I think that male listeners of unprofessional have extremely satisfying erections. I feel comfortable saying that. <laughs> 